um, in the Bible that have really spoken to me in these last couple of weeks, really. And um, I just wanted to share them with you. Um, more of a devotional thought, um, but certainly I know that God is speaking and uh, he wants to speak to someone tonight. That's for sure. Um, if you've got your Bibles, just turn with me to Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Um, usually I don't preach just on one verse out of context, but um, this verse is just, it, it, just, I wake up with it going off in my head and I go to sleep with it going on in my head. It's just this amazing promise in the Bible that each one of us can hold on to. And I just really pray that it's a blessing to you as well as we're going through this season. Um, so Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. I'm reading from the NIV, okay? NIV. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Let's read it again. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. This season in our world needs nothing more right now than God's peace revealed through his people. Your neighbourhood needs God's peace revealed through his people. Your family needs God's peace revealed through his people. Your nation needs God's peace revealed through his people. And God's peace is perfect peace. Let's have a look at Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 again. Yes, again. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Who is the you? It's God. The psalmist is talking, sorry, Isaiah is talking to God. The prophet is talking to God. You, he says, God, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Wait, let's just turn that, that verse. I, I think we're allowed to do it. Let's turn it backwards. All right. But before we do, I want you to ask, the, I want you to ask yourself the question or ask this question to the person next to you if you, if you need them. But I'm going to ask you this question. Do you want perfect peace? Do you need perfect peace in this time? Because I know that people around you do. I do. I do. And this is the way to get it. All right? Let's do it backwards. Isaiah 26, verse 3, backwards. If I trust in you, God, my mind will be steadfast. And then I can have you keeping me in perfect peace. You see, it's about finding peace in the presence of God. Keep Isaiah 26 open, or marked in your Bibles, but turn with me to the Psalms. I've been going through the Psalms a lot lately in this season as well. Psalm 91, it's quite famous. 
psalm in this season. But I'm just going to look at the first two verses of Psalm 91. And it says this, He who dwells, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He's a refuge. He's a fortress. I will say of my God, and I must be the one who dwells in his shelter. God has peace. If you're looking for peace right now in your life, in relationships, I know we've got cabin fever here in my family, in our household. I'll tell you what, you know, we come from Queensland, and whenever you ran over a cane toad, you saw what was inside that cane toad when it was under pressure. And when you're under pressure in your, in your family, in your relationships, with business, with, with the wages and the finances and, and the whole of society kind of being different right now, I wouldn't say falling apart, but I'd just say being different, is that that pressure can, can bring out from within of us, within inside of us, what's on the inside. And that's not, that can be not pretty sometimes, right? Amen? Am I just the only one? And so I need peace. And I'm sure you do as well in your family, in your, in your home, in your relationship with your mom or with your dad or with your kids or with your spouse or with anyone that you're living with. It's stressful time. It can be stressful. But we must come to God who is the source of peace. He's the refuge, Psalm 91 says. Now, you probably would know Psalm 46 verse 10 off by heart. I won't do it. Um, off by heart for you, but you would know it. Psalm 46, verse 10. It starts off this way. Be still and know. You know the rest of it. Be still and know that I am God. Here it is. Psalm 46. I'm going to go from verse 9. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Just to know that God is with us. And to know he's the God of Jacob. You know, Jacob got his name changed from Jacob to Israel because he wrestled with God. You know, we find our, this, I find myself in this time wrestling with, with what I believe and, and how to live it out practically in a pressured environment. It's like a pressure cooker. But we trust God and we come to him. Why? Because Psalm 46 verse 11 says that the Lord Almighty is with us. He is with us. He is with us. There's no social distancing when it comes to God. There's no quarantine when it comes to God. There's no isolation when it comes to God, you are always in his presence and he is always with you. Amen? He is Emmanuel. And it's, and it's when we come to him, the source and giver of peace, that we can find that he will keep us in perfect peace as, we, as our minds are sed, steadfast because we trust in him, because we trust in him. In other words, you give the steering wheel to God and he drives drives from here. You trust in him. You ever played that game with 
your friends where, you know, how you, someone stands like this sideways and they put their arms out and they have to keep their feet on the ground and fall back into their arms. And there's this, there's this point where you start falling back and you're, you're in control for a certain way and you can, you can put your leg out to stop you. But then there's a point in that fall where you are no longer in control and the person who has to catch you is in control. That's where God wants to be, past that point of no return for you. He wants to be the one who's in control that you absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, trust. Because he'll catch you. You just trust him. And there might be some uncertainty in your future, as there is with me as well. But we have a God who knows the future. It doesn't surprise him. We just trust him. He won't let you down. Let me tell you about my God. Just some names that I find in my Bible. You'll find them in your Bible too. All right. He's called Jehovah God, right? Jehovah, the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord God. All right. Here we go. Jehovah Adonai, Sovereign Lord, Sovereign Lord. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That's what his name is there. Jehovah Rophi, the Lord heals. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah in Kadesh, the Lord makes you holy. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven and earth, the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord Rohi, Jehovah Rohi means the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Zikenu means the Lord is our righteousness. Jehovah Shammah which is a good one for today, which means the Lord is always present, ever present. But for today's message, he's Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom means the Lord is peace. I want to take you to the scripture. You know, there's a law of first mention in the Bible where, uh, where something's mentioned for the first time, obviously. And it's in, um, it's in Judges chapter 6, and uh, it talks about, a, it mentioned this man called Gideon. He's kind of famous for being shy and afraid that God used him mightily to bring victory. And there's this story, I'll just read from, uh, it's, it's in Judges chapter 6, and I'll read from verse 11. It says, the angel of the Lord, that's Jehovah, right? The, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, and uh, that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midians. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But, sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, I just love that, because the Lord's there, right? The angel is there speaking to Gideon. But then it says the Lord turned to him, giving emphasis. He turned to him and he said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. And then he, he went on to say, 
I, I can't do it. How can I do it? Give me a sign, right? And a little bit further on, it says in verse uh, 20, the angel of God said to Gideon, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire fled from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. In verse 22, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. In other words, I've seen God, I'm going to die. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? But... Verse 23, there's a but in your Bible. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, called the altar, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. You know, when, when God spoke to Gideon, the first word that he said was peace. He could say peace. He could bring peace because he is peace. He is peace. He fulfills the deepest need of every single human soul with his peace. The ultimate peace that we can have is peace with God. But then there's peace with others. There's peace with ourselves. And God is the bringer of all of that. He is peace, not depending on our circumstances or the situation that we find ourselves in or our background or our past or our sins. He brings peace because he is peace. There's this, uh, there's this story, of, there's this part where Jesus comes to the disciples in John chapter 14, you know, and this, this is... Uh, this is a passage that I love to share at funerals, like John 14, because it talks about how Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. You know, wouldn't it be great to live in a house built by Jesus? It just wouldn't fall down. Everything would be perfect, be level, no termites. But later on, Jesus talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit and how he will send the Holy Spirit. And I want you to turn, if you can, to John chapter 14, and down to verse 25. Particularly, I want to look at verse 27, but if you just go to John 14, verse 25, it says, All this, this is Jesus speaking, All this I've spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus spoke peace to the disciples in their fear because he was peace. And he promised to send the Holy Spirit to be present in them to bring peace to their hearts. But more than that, I want you to turn, flick over if you can, if you've got an actual paper Bible, it's very rare. But in John chapter 20, we've had Jesus resurrected 
and he's visited the disciples a few times, and we find in uh, in John chapter 20 from verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. See, the disciples were isolating themselves as well. And that didn't stop Jesus from being with them. And he came and stood among them and he said, what? He said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And even just a few few verses down, we see in verse 26, if you just skip down to verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them, doubting Thomas. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. This is repetitive, right? Do you, do you get it? Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here in my hand, uh, sorry, here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. Jesus is the bringer of peace because he is peace. Jesus can speak peace into a situation because he is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. And that's awesome. That is awesome. Turn with me, if you can, to Philippians chapter 4. And they all said, oh, gee, he's looking at all this, all these awesome scriptures. I just can't wait to hear what, what God's going to say to me next in Philippians chapter 4. About peace, right? It says in verse 6, Philippians 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can see that Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, verse coming out, saying, You keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. In other words, because I trust in God, because my focus is on God and his sovereignty and power in this situation, my mind can rest and be steadfast. Or in the old King James Version, I think it says, my mind is stayed on him. It stayed on him like an anchor, like it's gaffer taped to God. My mind is not going to race around from here to there and everywhere. It's going to trust in him and allow God to sort things out for me. And it's then we find that we're kept in perfect peace. Now, if I am kept in perfect peace, where does that mean God is? It means that he is with me. I keep this Bible. Where is it? With me. 
You keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. It's funny, you know, because Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 starts off with us coming to God with all of our anxious worries and concerns and laying them down at his feet and then walking away with that peace that passes all understanding, guarding our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Sometimes, though, we come to God in prayer and we ask God for peace and we beg him for peace. But it's a bit like this. Imagine you went to God's house. All right, I know we've got laws in our nation right now, but it's an illustration. All right? You went to God's house, you knocked on his door, you sanitized your hands, and the door opens up. And, and you've gone to God's house because it's, you've gone to pray, you've gone to ask him for peace. Right? And you've gone there to seek peace because that's where you know it is. You know God's the, the, the he's Jehovah is peace. You know that he's the God of peace. So you go to his home, you knock on the door, the door opens up and you go in to his home. And it's an amazing home, built by Jesus, fantastic place. So you think, oh wow, I wonder if God's cooking up some peace in his kitchen. So you go into the kitchen, you look into the fridge, there's no peace in there. You look in the oven, there's no peace cooking in there. You, you think, oh, there's no peace here. Maybe it's in the laundry. Yeah, go to the laundry. No, no peace in there. Bedroom, no, no peace in there. You look everywhere in the whole house. You search through all the cupboards. You can't find any peace anywhere at all. And then you walk out. And you say, amen. And in all of it, God is sitting there in his armchair watching you do this. If only you would come to God's house in prayer, God's God in prayer, and sit at his feet and just recognize his splendor, his majesty, his sovereignty, his power, his love, his presence. What will you walk away with? Peace. God's sitting there right now. He's waiting for us to come to him, for you to come to him. And not ask him for this or that or, or come to him with a shopping list of, of requests and all this. Just come to him and sit at his feet and worship him and receive from him all that he is. Healing, peace, shalom, rest, his presence. Which brings us to our Bible verse for tonight. You're still there? Is, is everyone still okay? I have no idea if you're okay, but um, hopefully you're good. I'll just keep going. But it, in Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 4 is our Bible verse. And um, before we look at it, I just want to ask you, um, well, I just want to tell you, I guess, what I believe about Jesus, right? So I believe... We believe, our church believes, that Jesus is God. He is God. He is fully God. And he's fully man. So he's like totally God and totally man. It's not like Jesus is 50% a man and 50% God. He is 100% man and 100% God. Right now, Jesus is in heaven 
as a man, 100%, and as the victorious God, 100%. And when Jesus was on earth, he, he showed us exactly what the Father was like, exactly what God was like. If you want to know what God was like, you just need to look at what Jesus did, how he treated others, what he spoke about, what he was passionate about, what he loved, what he didn't love. Get to know Jesus, you'll get to know God. Now, I get that Jesus is totally God and totally man. But I also know that in Psalm, I think it's 121, something like that, it says that God doesn't sleep. The God of Israel doesn't sleep or slumber. He doesn't rest. He doesn't fall asleep. Okay, let's go to our reading. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping, on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Whose idea was it? It was Jesus's. He said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Oh, this is going to be smooth sailing because God's with us. Everything's going to be fine because God's with us. But it turns out that there's storms. There's a storm. I want to ask you this question. Are there any, okay, it's, it's a trick question, all right? So please don't, you know, comment. Are there any dead people in heaven? Are there any dead people in heaven? No, there's not. They're all alive. Is there any sin in heaven? No, there's not. Is there any murder in heaven? No, there's not. Is there any earthquakes or bushfires? No. Any storms in heaven? No. I want to ask you this question. Why do you think Jesus was sleeping in the boat? If he's God, if he's fully God, and God doesn't sleep, why does God choose to sleep? This is the only part of my Bible I can ever find God sleeping. It must mean something. What? Why would God sleep in the middle of a storm with his disciples afraid? Well, I'll put it to you. This is, this is my theory. I don't have the answer. No answers here. Just a theory. This is my theory, okay? Why did Jesus sleep? This is my theory. Because in Jesus' world, there are no storms. There are no storms. Yeah, there's a physical storm. But in Jesus' world, there's no storm. It's like Jesus was trusting God so much that his mind was so steadfast that even in the midst of a furious storm, he was held in perfect peace. He, he, had, he had a sense of God's perfect peace over him and around him and in him that he was able to rest in the middle of a storm. And so the disciples come to Jesus like prayer and they come and they say, God, don't you care? Don't you care, Jesus, that we're in this storm? That's what they said. They came to Jesus and they said, don't you care that we're going to drown? And Jesus didn't respond to the disciples. He rebuked the wind and the waves and he told it to be quiet, be still, peace. He spoke peace. And then he, sent, he says to the disciples, 
Do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? Now, I would think if I prayed and asked God to stop the storm, we just had some rain before. If I said, God, stop this rain, stop the storm, stop the lightning, and it stopped, I would think, wow, God was, God's happy with me. I must have good faith. I've done a good job. And the disciples, they come to God in the middle of a storm and they say, stop this storm. And, and God stops the storm, but then says to them, where's your faith? What's Jesus trying to tell us? What's Jesus trying to tell us? I think that Jesus is trying to tell us that we can have the same state of mind as Jesus in the middle of the storm. That we can have our hearts trusting God, our minds stayed on Him and finding ourselves in such perfect peace that we're filled with His perfect peace that we're able to actually speak peace into our situations. We're actually at we can actually bring peace to our situations. I think in all of this, you know, I don't know if you ever heard that saying, God doesn't make chairs, he makes trees. Like God's been making trees ever since creation and it's our job to take what he's made and use it. And God has given you his Holy Spirit. God has given you his word in the Bible. And he's given you his strength to be able to bring peace into the situations that you find yourself in, to the, to the, to the conversations that you find yourself having, to the pressure times where you're under pressure and it feels like you're going to burst, maybe in a relationship or maybe in your finances or maybe in your future. There's a lot going on right now. But can I encourage each one of us to trust God to the point where he's in control and you'll find that your mind is steadfast. It's not rocked about by all the different things that are going on and you'll find you'll have perfect peace in the middle of the storm. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much that you are Jehovah Shalom. You are peace. And because you are peace, you can give peace. And so, Lord, we come to you now, similar to Mary, sitting at your feet. We just come to you. We don't ask you for anything. We just, we just want to focus on your greatness. We want to worship your majesty, your holiness. Thank you that you are in control. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care about what's going on. Thank you that you are present and that you are with us. Thank you so much that you are there for us anytime we want to call out. In prayer, Lord, the most important thing we can do is just come to you and recognize you're there, your presence. And so, Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to have our minds stayed on you. And so thank you so much for the promise that you give perfect peace as we do that. Nothing we need to strive for. We just need to rest in your arms. And it's something that you give us. Lord, I pray that you would help us be bringers of peace. That as we leave our homes, if we can, to go to the shops or to go to work or as we're calling up people on the telephone or, or Instagramming people on the internet or online, Lord God, help us to be bringers of peace. 
Lord God, with all the storms in in society that are happening, not physical ones, but other storms, Lord God, disturbances in the natural realm, Lord, help us to help us to have such a mindset of Jesus that you are with us and that we can bring peace. We can speak words of life into those situations. And we thank you, Lord, that in it all, your Holy Spirit is with us and can strengthen us to do that. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that um, that concludes our, our live stream uh, broadcast for tonight. But uh, yeah, as I said before, just leave a comment. Uh, make sure that you're calling up each one, each person from the church. Just give them a call. Just say, how you doing? Um, do you need anything? Um, how's your family? And just be in prayer for each other. If you've got any prayer requests, let me know. And um, we'll make sure that they get out there. But I wanted to leave you with this um, with this blessing uh, before we go, and it's I think it's fitting, and it's uh, just the end of one Thessalonians chapter five. It goes like this, and I really pray this for you guys. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you guys. God bless you, and God bless you to be a blessing as well. Amen. See ya. How long was that?